Welcome, friends and fiends. This is your host, film critic and comedian, Nate Wyckoff. And I'm here to tell you about an exciting giveaway that Warner Brothers Discovery and Colton Classic Films LLC has put together to build your 4K Ultra HD film collection on digital. We are giving away four codes which contain digital 4K Ultra HD versions of Rebel Without a Cause, Maltese Falcon, and Cool Hand Luke. These are films that you absolutely must know as a film buff. You can get this code by being one of the lucky four people we pull from our newsletter list. So go to coltonclassicfilms.com slash newsletter and give us your email and your name and we'll sign you up for the newsletter and we will enter you in the competition. That's all you got to do. So please go ahead and do that. The contest ends on April 30th and we will send out the winning codes on May 1st. Thank you so much for being a listener. And here's your episode of Colton Classic Films Podcast. Welcome to Colton Classic. <laughs> Welcome, friends and fiends, to another episode of Colton Classic Films Podcast, the podcast where we bring you two thematically linked films, one mainstream and one cult, and talk about them both. I'm your host, film critic and comedian Nate Wyckoff. And uh, with me today is Jeff Tucker. How are you doing, Jeff? Oh, I'm ready to fight. Oh, I'm I'm excited for this. Yeah, we we might butt heads on this one. Uh, probably not as much as you think. But so we're we're talking uh, about the really. I mean, no one does not know about heavy metal. Um, the the 1981 animated film featuring a bunch of comedians voicing characters, uh, and and lots of of. Uh, it's most famous for having lots of breasts uh, in an animated feature, which is true, but also probably a little unfair as to uh, what it actually what it actually contains. But we'll talk about it. Uh, so this movie was produced by Ivan Reitman, who people will in film world will absolutely recognize the name producer of Ghostbusters and many comedies uh, worked with every comedy legend from the 80s. And uh, it's based on some stories as well as just the the idea that the sort of vibe of heavy metal magazine which is a magazine that has been uh in i believe it started in 77 i should have looked that up but you guys can google it just as well as i can uh, i have many above me here that you can't see in the studio but uh colton classic loves heavy metal magazine heavy metal magazine is still in publication it's gone through many iterations uh, but really it's an anthology magazine with sort of out there often adult content containing fantasy and science fiction stories sometimes they're humorous sometimes they're grim sometimes they're very abstract it has a history of of bringing some of the most amazing artists of the world to the u.s public um like mabius and um uh i mean i I'm hard pressed to say a uh, friend, friend of the pod, Lorenzo Sperlonga. Uh, I don't know if he listens, but we're a friend of him. Uh, many, many people, artists and writers. And this magazine inspired Ivan Reitman to, to say, hey, let's make a movie out of it. And we'll take a bunch of stories, make sort of a, a framing narrative that loosely links these stories together. And by stories, some of them are really just vignettes. They're not necessarily like a, a story with a, a beginning, middle and end. Some do have that, some don't. And then each one is going to be sort of animated and directed by different people in a different style uh, that often is designed to parallel the story that it's based on from the magazine. Because the stories were tweaked heavily to, sometimes heavily, to match the, the, 
device of the framing story. The framing story, which a lot of people who have seen this movie a million times will, will not remember, uh, is that there is this glowing green ball that it, that speaks to this young girl. It melts her father. Why he brought it to her as a gift, because that's how it's introduced, we don't know. But it melts her father and then tells her, I am the epitome of evil and I pervade every universe and every existence. Let me show you these series of vignettes about how evil I am and how I affect people. Uh, and then I'm going to kill you because you're uh, the only creature in the universe that has the power to destroy me. That's a weird thing to do, but it is essentially the villain monologuing to James Bond before James Bond defeats them, right? That's that's the, that's the idea behind this. Um, and so then we go into several stories. The first story, I believe, uh, sometimes I get the order incorrect, but the first story is a story that I believe heavily inspired Luc Besson when making Fifth Element. It's about a futuristic taxi cab driver who um, picks up a girl on the run. Her father has been killed. She has the Loch Nahr, the, the green thing, and this other bunch of confederacy of evil planets. Who knows? They want it. Uh, so they send this, what would you call them? Uh, extreme ripoff of of uh the godfather um character to collect it finally she and the cabbie driver say okay uh we'll give it to you for this amount of money and then we'll split it and she turns on him at which point he presses his little foot pedal that incinerates whoever's in the back seat and he has all the money um it's probably the most iconic story in the heavy metal film uh it is it's also one of the most well-rounded. It has a beginning, a middle, and an end, and a little little twist at the end, although it's not like it's a super shock. Uh, it also sets the tone of the movie pretty well uh, with the sexy part, because we start with a music uh, sequence where a, a uh, and I think it's a Corvette, uh, is flying, is sort of rotoscope flying through space, uh, and then it lands at the home and delivers to the little girl, the Loch Nahr. And then, uh, so we have this, the the heavy metal music, which is great. The soundtrack is, of course, iconic. Uh, we have the um, spooky, evil, melting nastiness that's been given to us. And now in in the story of Harry in the taxi cab, uh, we have the the sex because there is a sex scene with bouncing breasts from the 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 woman who is trying to get his help. Uh, we have several scenes like that, sexy scenes. They're always somewhat tongue-in-cheek. The entire movie is quite tongue-in-cheek. Uh, there's not a huge amount of seriousness in this film, which I think is necessary and appropriate to the tone of Heavy Metal. Heavy Metal magazine does have a lot of serious bits, but it's overall pretty... There's always a self-aware uh, element to it that makes the ridiculous, sometimes nasty things uh, we're seeing okay. Uh, so, and then that's the most famous vignette. There are several. Uh, the next most famous would be uh, the one based off of like my favorite heavy metal arc of all time, uh, which is The Adventures of Den uh, by the fantastic artist Richard Corbin, who passed away somewhat recently. He was, I think, the greatest heavy metal painter of all time. He he did some uh, U.S. comic work as well. He did some some Ghost Rider, just really amazing artist but den is sort of the story that it's like the ultimate 
male teen fantasy like a young teen nerd gets transported by the Lochnar into this other world where he takes on essentially the rock's body uh and he is then uh rescues a beautiful essentially naked woman who's like i essentially i'm in love with you and then he defeats the evil and there we go uh it's it's voiced i believe by john candy a lot of the voice actors do like triple duty in this movie there's some great voice talent and then i'm just gonna say those are the two most famous from heavy metal magazine and then we get uh, the final story arc, there's a couple of other ones shoehorned in there. We get the final story arc of Tarna, which is uh, the, the story that was built around the cover painting, the famous heavy metal cover painting of Tarna, where she is like this blonde, scantily clad warrior goddess riding what looks like a featherless chicken, giant featherless chicken, uh, into battle. And she defeats the Lochnar in the in the story, this is, gets so weirdly meta that it's like, I don't even understand the concept. Like, I don't understand how they wrote this down. Uh, it would be like an M.C. Escher painting on paper. But Lochnar is showing this young girl these stories to show her how evil he is before he kills her. But in this final vision, he shows her Tarna, the warrior, obliterates him by sacrificing herself, at which point in the world where he's telling the young girl about this, he explodes and she becomes the next Tarna and it's passed on. So it's sort of like this never ending battle between good and evil, right? Tarna being, uh, and this warrior, warrior breed being the good Lochnar being the ultimate evil. So, I mean, it kind of has a resolution, but that is so fucking weird. I'm just going to say that that is so weird. And it's crazy to say in this movie where all sorts of bonkers shit happens, that that's the weirdest part, but it is because they, they kind of, poked a hole in the script uh for narrative structure they said uh this is going to happen here and here and here why would that happen doesn't make any sense uh, you're confused i'm confused but it's not really that big a deal so jeff i know you have thoughts on this movie had you seen this before okay you had seen it before all right yeah so, of course man we're, we're friends of course i've seen I, it before. i yeah, know yeah. i know yeah, okay yeah. jeff so what are you what did you <laughs> What was your expectation going in, and what have you come out with having watched Heavy Metal this time around? I legit couldn't remember this at all. Like, I know I'd seen it, and I knew I liked it when I was younger, mm -hmm. um, but like, I couldn't. I couldn't tell you. Like, if somebody asked me, like, you know, to tell them one thing about it, I would have been like, <laughs> well, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so, so I kind of, I kind of went in like fresh. Um, I, I actually, I guess, like, there was, a, like, a little deja vu on, like, the framing story. Yeah. Uh, but, like, you know, the, that was that was basically it. Um, no, so here's, here's, here's the thing. So, uh, you know, uh, there's been many years since I've seen this. Uh, you know, the world's changed. I've changed. Uh, here, here's the thing. So you have uh, the first story. Uh, I'm just gonna I'm gonna tell like you know little bits here just to, so there's a woman that he saves, uh you know five seconds later she basically jumps on him, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, has sex with him. And boy, uh, he's a looker. And anyway. boy, he is a look. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> charming too. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, basically for no reason. Um, and then. The next story, uh, 
basically the same thing happens. Uh, big strong dude meet woman. Woman immediately have sex with dude. Uh, you know, no, nothing else. There, there there's. I, I know. I'm saying this very briefly. There wasn't any other story there. There's, there wasn't any. There's nothing else. Well, I a little bit. So, so yes. And what's interesting well, let me, about let this? Let me finish okay, my point on this. Finish, yes. And then before even that that story was finished, <laughs> uh, he meets another woman who, again, throws herself on him. Uh. And has sex with him immediately. And this is where this is where the it it, it then has like the an, another element to it. And this happened in the first one. The woman turns on him, and then he kills her brutally. Uh, so they tell this story of man meets woman. She he doesn't like, he doesn't kill he doesn't kill the second woman. Oh, he does. Okay, well she tries to yeah. kill him, and she tries to kill him, and he runs off. Oh, okay, I guess he beats up her minions or whatever, and then I guess, yeah. he runs off. Yeah. So, but anyways, the the story this they've done it like three times in two stories. <laughs> Twice, but yes, I see what you're saying. No, it's yeah, yeah, it's yeah. definitely a, it's a male power fantasy, and actually, Ivan yeah. Reitman I think described it that way in a recent uh in the recent little nine minute or so retrospective they added to the 4K release of this movie, and it's totally true. Um, it so, gets a little. Anyways, so let me just. Continue sure. my journey, and then I'll pass it back to you. <laughs> Absolutely. So I'm already uncomfortable at this point, and I'm like, I'm <laughs> having a hard time enjoying it because I do like the art. Uh, I like, I like a lot of what's going on uh, outside of, you know, most of it. <laughs> like the the art's great. Like the the dialogue's a little cringy, but like it could even be kind of cringy, like in a fun way. Uh, it's definitely the, tongue in cheek. But yeah, but then like the the like you said, the male power fantasy was just it kind of had me on edge. And then there's like immediately they go to the next story, which is uh, there's this guy on trial for like rape <laughs> and like all, just like tons of horrible monstrous things. And there's a person on the stand, and he has like he's like he's like fingering the evil green orb that makes people do evil things and like he's like um protecting this this dude like he's like basically like i don't know he paid him to like um be his to lie on the stand. or something yeah. like lie on the stand i don't even know like his character he was a character witness it, did, it didn't make any yeah it didn't make any like legal sense but anyway so he's he's telling the story about how great this guy is even though he's a horrible rapist murder and the the like he's then getting corrupted by the stone so he's defending he's currently defending this horrible rapist murder and the, the stone like in the way that he's making him evil is to like have him stop defending the the stone the so rapist. i think i think you i think the stone actually has has nothing to do but to show evil in the universe for this because it actually mm. was the result the, the reveal is at the end because he turns into a big monster essentially yeah. and destroys the court the big reveal is that oh he wasn't really there as a character witness he was there to destroy the court and let the other guy run off because then when he corners mm. him and you think he's going to rip him apart he's like you've had this coming and he pulls out the money he promised him and said here you go mm. and okay, then he's maybe like maybe I misunderstood boss. that but I didn't Thanks, I boss, did yeah. it was like 
I was kind of like done at that point because to me, the way I interpreted that scene was uh, the evil that was being per- like the the We're corruption. We're supposed to at first, but then the reveal is then all the more that if if you if it works is then all the more that oh that wasn't what was happening. This was planned yeah. all along. Yeah. So then what? Well, yeah, I don't know. Like I guess it's it's weird. But it, my point is is like I like the morality and like the um uh, the the kind of the storytelling here is like lost me because it's just so um uh what's the word it's it, it's like it's it just is so far from from uh like today for me that mm. uh I, I i just i can't even uh i don't have a way erotica yeah and you watched I veronica did, did i enjoy that film i i think you did um <laughs> no <laughs> fuck off don't don't no, put that don't put that I, shit on me i agree i will yeah. it's interesting because i totally understand what you're saying because you know it has it's a very like i said it's a it's a not only is it a male power fantasy it's a very uh outmoded male power fantasy in many ways i will say this is interesting though we we tend to go this way uh, and we're seeing it now with a representation of, of queer characters in films and stuff where I actually defend the first story, especially as not being misogynistic. And, and this is why, and this is definitely a, 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 the, a theorist reasoning rather than a reality, which yeah, is, yeah. go ahead, go ahead. Which is um, you cannot have equivalency without equal representation and that means good and bad so it actually is kind of nice that she's uh and he and the Loch Ness says it in the narrative uh or you know he says I can corrupt even the most like pure and innocent um but it's nice that she goes from like being the damsel in distress to being the actually yeah that's not gonna work for me Harry I want all the money uh I don't even care that my dad got whacked for this uh, and then she gets off because we see that, you know, that's that's the argument that's been going on for a while now that finally I think we're breaking from as we get queer lead characters in movies and TV is that, um, OK, uh, we've mistreated this group of people in our society and underrepresented them. Now we're going to put them in our movies and stuff, shoehorn them in and give them like the most innocuous like cinnamon roll rolls they're the co- the comedy relief everybody loves them they're wonderful uh, and i think trixie mattel said this i think on a segment of i like to watch on youtube which was like um i i want there to be just i love the rotted gutted gay characters in these because we always see and it's true you do need both um whereas den which i it, which self-proclaimed my one of my favorite heavy metal stories of all time it, it is there is it is unapologetically a male power fantasy the the kid because he's like an 18 year old kid even says it in his thing i could never like his the whole resolution of that right is mm. that he could go home but he says i don't want to go home i like it better here and because why wouldn't he right like he's this beautiful man with this like incredible voice who can beat anything and do anything he wants and 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 have sex with beautiful women and it's just yeah totally makes sense uh but it's not it's definitely not operating from like the highest consciousness of our brain part, right? It's definitely the brain stem that we're thinking with here. <laughs> and and I think that that's where it comes in. It's really 
id driven right mm. this, this whole thing the, like and here's the thing that got me though like i i agree with all your points the, mm. the problem was the repetition sure. um like in in like it just like was uh it happened we promised so many them boobs times. and we're gonna give them boobs that's yeah, yeah it happened so many times in such a short amount of time that it was like and then it goes away it, it, it literally didn't matter what happened after that it was like it had already kind of like painted itself into a corner um well it's interesting you right. said because it, it does i see what you're saying but really i agree i would have spread it out more there is another story where a, a woman uh, a woman has sex with a robot at which point he's trying to get her to commit to marriage and she's like yeah we're different i don't know and at the end he's like please she's like fine but we have to have a jewish wedding like that's the button on that story and like it's and that's also the same story where uh two two aliens have like um the longest snorting line of space cocaine uh in in filmic history like scarface had nothing on that um it, it's interesting because it made me think because i agree with you it's front loaded with like the sex and because there is nudity and stuff later but it's never like that there's no like detective noir or like um wild sexual fantasies it's it's there's nudity but it's ancillary to, to the actual story uh rather than the intended content or focus content it, it reminded me of how most modern tv shows that are marketed on premium channels like or, or streaming like hbo hulu netflix uh stream showtime they always front load with the most like egregious nudity and sex game of thrones did it true blood did it they westworld did it they always do it and then do the story and it's this weird concept i feel like the intent is to like hook the audience and say we're gonna go there i promise but then the reality is is that you have to have story right like you have to have something beyond that because uh even the most like even sting will eventually have to stop having tantric sex and do you know pay some bills or do some taxes or something to break up the day like <laughs> you know it's going to be there, there has to be something more beyond it and in this it felt like it followed that same structure whereas me i would have liked it more broken up they could have actually taken those two scenes because like you said i agree with you 100 those feel more similar than the other stories do and a big part of it is like the male power sex fantasy moments of like beautiful women wanting you for i mean i won't say no reason in both cases they literally were damsels in distress who were saved but it's it's this that's again the same right it was the same moment uh several times so i could have seen those spread out farther i also think those were the two strongest stories so it from a narrative like from a, st a story concept i don't know why in anthology they would do that they do though anthologies tend to front load the good stories and the third one is often yeah i mean away. it was like they kind of like they like the final story was kind of like you know their their cherry or whatever and then like everything between was kind of just like filler um yep. so like i get it as well i just it just was like um it, it just failed uh like it, it you know in, in in you know the eight the 1980s or the 1990s would maybe would i have first watched this uh i would not have known what the bechdel test is and like now that i do <laughs> when i watch a film and then like and 
and watching this one in particular, it was like, uh, like I don't, it, it couldn't, this movie couldn't possibly fail that test any harder. You know what I mean? You know, it's it, interesting because the Tarna story could pass, but it's clearly directed from the male gaze, right? Yeah. So it's this like, it's this six to one that doesn't the other. And there's definitely, um, I mean, there have been female uh, creators who've contributed to heavy metal, um, but there's no question that heavy metal in its magazine and, and it's, you know, it, it was a takeoff of the French publication metal Holland, uh is heavily male sex power fantasy. Now the story, it, that's its perception. The actual stories vary quite widely, but it is, it is, they decide, they definitely were like, Oh, I know the perception of this more than I know the actual content of this. Cause it does have that. I mean, for sure. But I think whenever anybody thinks of heavy metal, the movie, they think of the hilarious South Park spoof, major boobage from I can't remember season 12 or 13, where Butters becomes obsessed with this fantasy world with large breasted women riding dragons. That's right. Which is cause that is what is so iconic about this movie. And I agree. I think it's intentionally puerile at times. And that is going to entice some and turn off some. And it will entice many more of the adolescent mind than of the adult mind. Now, for me, I feel like I'm a perfect split. <laughs> I'm totally fine with it. I actually found one thing I'll say about it is this is a case where the anthology system, the choice, which I am sometimes against when there's an overarching narrative, uh, like the, the Lochnar being in one or the other. Um, Tad and I talked about this when we talked about Psycho Santa earlier this, uh, or just several weeks ago, is it kept me interested. By the time I was bored or could have been bored, we're already on to a new thing with a new visual style and trying to figure out what the heck's happening. The only So I wasn't bored, whereas Star Chaser, there were a couple of moments where I was like, especially, you know, which we'll talk about next week, but especially like when when the princess rescues the lead character like you're just waiting for the next beat to happen um in this i didn't feel that way except i will say it and it's kind of blasphemy to some um i love tarna i love the character heavy metal actually did a, a short comic series uh recently that was a lot of fun the tarna story runs long because we've seen a lot of great spectacles in the first hour of the movie and now we're seeing more, but we're kind of expected to be as amazed by her flying around an alien planet um, in these vistas. We're, we're expected to be more amazed than we are, but it's not the opening of the movie. It's the crescendo of the movie. So I wanted more impact, more uh, fights. I wanted her to kick more ass. Uh, she gets her ass kicked a lot. She does kick some ass, but then she gets beaten to a pulp. I do love, though, that she there is like zero any sex appeal brought to it is from the viewer and it's intentionally there obviously she's a naked woman half the time but it's not her character and the characters in that world do not um speak to that so it's interesting in that moment and also it's nice because we get the actually we get the completely unexpected happy ending in a way right like yes this young girl's father was killed by the Lochnar, but she is now the warrior, the goddess of good, and she has a flying featherless chicken dragon, um, which is perhaps my favorite design in this whole movie because watching it run around on its little bear chicken legs is 
pretty delightful. So let's talk about, um, I do want to say one more thing before we move on to recommendations of this movie. Uh, one, if you're listening to this podcast, there's a very strong chance you've already seen this movie in the past. Um, there's been a lot, weirdly to me, of uh, arguments online about the new 4K transfer of this film and whether or not it's worth it to upgrade if you like this movie and you want it in your collection. Yes, I'm here to say yes. I have both the Blu-ray and the 4K, and I can tell you, um, I'm not sure the transfers may have come from the same print, but I will say that this transfer is by far superior. It's the best. The sound quality also, I've heard some complaints. I don't get it. It's so much better than the previous sound quality. Um, it's abs- It looks great. It really does. And this is one of those movies, as Jeff said, this is a spectacle film. Like the visuals are perhaps of more importance than the actual stories here, which is a big part of heavy metal. It launches some of the most amazing or or brings some of the most amazing international artists to American shores and their visuals are what they're selling. The stories are just vehicles for the visuals. So you want to see this movie as in such a spectacular light as 4k. Do I think it could be even further upgraded and enhanced? I do. Um, People say, well, you should have film grain speckle on there. No, you shouldn't. You, you don't need that. Uh, it's still going to stand up. It's still going to have the nostalgia, and it's going to be even more beautiful. Like I said, the 4K is the way to go. Um, it's it's far superior to streaming the 4K, although that's great too. Uh, but anyway, so we're going to move on to recommendations. I'll start as usual. Yes, I recommend Heavy Metal if it sounds like it's up your alley. If you like uh, nudity and monsters and violence and uh, 70s and 80s uh, metal groups, everything from Black Sabbath to Cheap Trick and uh, Devo, if you if you like that stuff, yeah, of course, watch this movie. If you haven't seen it, I don't know what you're doing. Um, if, as as Jeff said, if 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 story is is actually of utmost importance to you, you're probably not going to be held very tight by heavy metal. It's it's not only is it not its intent, but it doesn't really succeed in that way. Um, it is there, uh, it's but it's mostly like the equivalent of a long-form joke in a lot of cases, uh, or just a, a music video with some awesome hand-drawn animation. Now, they also do planar scoping. It's got, I think, some other names as well, but uh, that they do in this movie that Disney invented where they actually have thin sheets of glass with animation sheets on it and they shift the glass at exactly the right times. So it looks like they can mess with the perspective and it looks like cameras moving through vistas, uh, really beautifully done. Uh, I, it's great. Also, like I said, they try and change the animation style based on the story, based on the original content, which is a lot of fun. I just don't see how you can get too bored in this movie myself, if visuals are important to you. Uh, but if you don't like the, this, you know, macho eighties, male like young male power fantasies um then or if you've ever watched veronica if you've watched veronica and you haven't seen this i don't i don't know where your life went wrong but it went drastically wrong uh because this is clearly this is the kind of thing that veronica tried to strive for i mean veratique the magazine that it's based off of by glenn danzig and others uh is kind of a ripoff of heavy metal so anyway i recommend it if it doesn't sound like it's your kind of thing I can guarantee it's not your kind of thing. Uh, you're not going to enjoy it, but visually it is quite stunning, and uh, I think it's kind of, kind of, kind of good for a giggle if if you are aware of the <laughs> insane uh, misogyny that permeates aspects of it. Jeff, do you recommend Heavy Metal 1981? If so, why and to who? I I gotta say no on this one. Um, 
I, I think that the ideas are just too juvenile. Uh, I think that if I'm going to go for some kind of like, you know, sexy fantasy, uh, I need a little bit more than uh, I'm here, you're here, ooh, baby, I want you. You need a story. I need I need something that, you know, with a lit like just a little bit more, um, you know, uh, you know, sex sells. I'm totally I'm totally a fan of it. It's just for this for for in this case, it's boring and misogynistic. Like if you're going to be like mm-hmm. if you're going to like if you're going to exploit somebody, at least make it, you know, interesting. Um, yeah, I, but that's just I, my opinion. Sure. Well, no. And I mean, and I think I mean. Yes, it is puerile. It is juvenile. There's no question about that. Uh, it was by design, but it is. I have to. I do want to to ask our wonderful listeners and viewers out there to consider this, just as something in general. This movie does not have any rape in it, uh, which shouldn't. It sounds like it shouldn't be a high bar, but I want to throw it out to some of the most successful adult TV series of our gener- of our generations right now of our current time game of thrones and it's spin-off house of dragons westworld uh, uh true blood these shows really glorify violence against women rape uh under the guise of and i'm not saying that they're not enjoyable to certain extents or they don't have good writers that that's actually not the case uh they do have good writers often uh, and good directors and great actors and stuff, but we're given it under the guise of, well, uh, things are hard. Okay. I agree with that, but I'm confused because heavy metal, it, you don't have to like it or not, but heavy metal is intentionally juvenile. And yet it does in some ways to our modern sensibilities feel less legitimate as like an art form, then something like Game of Thrones, which is to me kind of wild because when you actually think about it, that's that's bullshit. Because Game of Thrones turns rape, forced incest, uh, violence against women and children into uh, entertainment. There is no there is no great moral like description about it, and I'm not saying there should be. Not every bit of entertainment needs it. But we have to be aware of that because if we if we're not aware, even if we're watching it and enjoying it, if if we're not aware of that, then we run the risk of of perpetuating uh, poor cultural treatment of uh, people who are not, you know, white males. And... Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's like a. I think what you're trying to get at is like if if as long as we uh, we have like period pieces. And you like you just go back to a time where the like the ideas and the morality are different. You can just get away with whatever you want. You can you can put literally whatever you want on the screen. You can, um, and in in some cases, you're 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 recording history and like putting that forward. But also in in some cases, you're just being exploitative and like hurtful and like basically pushing forward the same kind of um, thing that you always have. Uh, under the guise of oh it was hard and that was like what it was at the time well um, and you know i'm a i'm a cult film lover exploitation and sexploitation are two of my favorite film genres i really don't think that there's necessarily anything wrong with enjoying those so long as you're not 
you're aware that these are fantasies that are problematic from a societal like justice perspective but things that are really get really popular like game of thrones and true blood before it and i mean so many shows uh, and westworld like felt like it had to start with this sexual violence in order to get viewers because of this trend you're you're fooling yourself you're watching exploitation but you're not calling it exploitation and that's that's a problem and it, it it made me think of it when I watched this movie because this movie has caused so much uh, upset and unrest throughout its history among everybody from moms groups and religious groups to um, to women's rights groups and and not all of them have have like have no argument. Uh, but what this was is so it, it is a child's fantasy compared to what we're actually seeing purported as high quality fiction and materials and you know george r. r martin say whatever you he can say whatever he wants and he can do whatever he wants um he's he's done some stuff that i've really liked in the past but the argument that well shit happens to women so i'm gonna put it in my books that's okay i guess but you have to be okay with the fact that then some people might not want to read it or watch it and it seems like that's not always uh respected in in the film and tv community world and again don't present something to be sallow when it's just pure exploitation without any without making the audience actually do any of the hard work or thought to come to terms with the terror they've just seen like if you're going to turn them on with exploitative material then wear it on your sleeve don't pretend it's something else I'm sorry, I don't think it should win an Oscar. If you want to give it an Oscar, fine, but then the Oscar should have an exploitation category. In fact, I'm all for that. Let's do that. Uh, this is my tirade on this, uh, all to say that um, I yeah, prefer... I mean, for, you know, for me, is like uh, the problem that I have, well, at least for like right now, and actually uh, I've, I've had this, you know, issue with, you know, several like films that have taken, you know, like really high regard in the community is... Like if you don't tell the whole story, um, like um, like for example, like Wolf of Wall Street, like I, I had a hard time mm -hmm. with that film. It, this, this is a different type of thing, but it was it only told one half of the story. It never it didn't show any of the victims of the crimes, um, which I think is a lot of the problems with like you know a lot of these these topics that you bring up. If you only tell half of the story, you know, like you tell. Um, you know what is essentially like a one person's viewpoint or one point person's fantasy of a of a situation uh, you're not giving it a well-rounded um, perspective and that's where it, it gets to be like you you can show something that from one 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 perspective somebody's having a good time but then you you fail to show that there is suffering on the other side um, and that's I think that's that's the thing that gets me personally. And yeah. I'm not saying that all, you know, you know, films and like, you know, it's great that you like this film and I don't, right? Like it just mm -hmm. doesn't work for me anymore. Like it makes me unhappy to watch it. And so I'm, I'm not enjoying sure. it in this case. Um, so, and, and that, that's what it is. That's what it is for me is when you're not telling the entire story. Um, Cause that's the thing for me. And it's like, you're, 
uh, like when well, I'm it's looking it, for you're controlling the viewpoint, right? Like you're controlling yeah. what the audience gets and it can give them per- just like, just like bias writing, right. In, in reporting is, is very problematic because of that. I love that you brought up Scorsese with Wolf of Wall Street because Scorsese is an exploitation director. I think he's the greatest, greatest film director of all time, uh, actually. But his he started in the exploitation world and the art house world. And it's funny because I, I agree with you. And I think if Wolf of Wall Street had come out in the 70s, we would they would have presented it this way. It would have been an exploitative movie poster. It would have been all about the exploitation because that is what it is. And yet, and I don't think, and I do think it's an excellent, like I think he makes excellent films, but I, I think that it's the presentation that's different and should be considered. Like, why are we saying that these things are one real, which is drives me bonkers. The arguments on the white supremacist sides of Witcher and Game of Thrones are mind blowing because everybody's, they're all mad about people of color being in it or like <laughs> defending violence against women, which Guess what, guys? You're always on the wrong side. If you're a white supremacist, you're always on the wrong side. It's just there's no other side. that it, You're always on the wrong side. Um, but I agree. And I do think, <laughs> excuse me, we've sort of, we've, and this is partly the fault of us in the cult film community who love exploitation films. Exploitation, it is by its nature discomforting grubby we're 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 literally exploiting something right like for entertainment that is what it is um but and because of that we said well it's not without value and i i think it's true there are plenty of very artistic beautiful exploitation films uh that have shaped our culture but at the same time we've worked to remove that label from works because it's the only way that we feel like we our interests can get respect you know the only way you can expect respect a film uh, is to is that it's not an exploitation film and that's just not true it's just not true every horror movie is essentially in some regards an exploitation film you're exploiting something for fear and it is kind of wild to to think that we've divorced the reality of it from what we're calling it and that does, you know, I'm not going to censor anything, but that does make me think like, how come people can talk about Game of Thrones at the water cooler? But they, but if you were to talk about, um, you know, Day of the Woman, I Spit on Your Grave or whatever, like, that's not okay. I'm not saying it's okay. I don't think it's okay the other way either. But people are allowing themselves to accept it. It's like how people watch The Bachelor and are like, it's wholesome TV. When I'm like, no, it's just a really low rent like sex tv show which again whatever get whatever you need from wherever you can as long as you're not hurting anyone but let's be real about it okay let's just be real let's just be honest yeah i mean like it's we all get our you know um excitement from like all different places you can't even really control it um sure like you know a fetish the, you, is not you, usually designed right <laughs> yeah you you like the things you like and you know i'm not gonna judge you for it but like um yeah you know there's i i think like for i guess for for me like in my you know in in when i'm going into a film uh i'm looking for something um i don't know if specific is the word word but i i guess like i look for different things so like you know the the content of heavy metal would maybe be uh 
more acceptable in in like other kind of contexts. But like when you when you package it in a film, for me, like that type of exploitative like story is just like all right, you know, if this was on Pornhub, great. You know, in the film, I'm just like <laughs> I'm just I. You know, yeah. Actually, even on Pornhub, I prefer a little bit more story. But you know what I mean? It's like <laughs> you know, what I mean? it's 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 just uh, you know. And and if if that's if that's something that you're going for, then great. You know, like if 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 you're sure. looking for that in your films, then that's you know, great. Not everything all, is for all... everyone, and that's yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I do I do just as a final closing thought. We went off on a tangent, but we're allowed. Uh, I think that it is something we should all be aware of don't hide your exploitation uh enjoyment behind the veneer of art or quality quote unquote i'm using air quotes here quality film or quality movies it's okay it's okay but the reason we have to make sure that we're all okay understand that it isn't that it is an exploitative film is because that cues us that it's not okay for the real world it's not a fantasy is not necessarily something that should come true some fantasies can come true others should not game of thrones should not come true okay like it's just and i'm picking on game of thrones here but because somebody was talking about it and it was driving me bonkers uh just don't pretend that what you love if it's exploitative be aware of it and acknowledge it don't label it something else because it makes it more palatable and that's goes for everything get out of the shadows right and and it's what's happening right now in our society with in, in the united states especially with racism and all this stuff it's awful but they're coming out of the shadows so let's you know let's clean it up now uh so we can so we can actually have a little bit more freedom and safety uh so but that's very off tangent thank you guys so much for listening sorry we got dark and heavy on a discussion about a movie with boobs and swords uh but anyway this is Colton classic podcast please go to coltonclassicfilms.com and uh listen to all our past episodes respond uh, send us a link to or, or an email to anything you'd like us to cover or talk about hate mail fan mail whatever you want follow our or subscribe to our new newsletter and rate us all the stars and like and subscribe all that jazz and tell your friends because we appreciate it and i'd like to talk with you thank you so much to play us out as always is the chud with all about evil Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Colton Classic Podcast. This podcast is important to me, but what's more important are the rights, privileges, and freedom from violence of everyone in this country and in this world. And that means supporting Black Lives Matter. If you'd like to make a donation, please go ahead and visit coltonclassicpodcast.com where we have a list of places you can donate and help out. And please stay safe.